Football season's officially over. We are in college basketball protocols here on Ovius and Gilio. Welcome to the podcast. We're officially in Ovius free protocols as well. Hockey dad duties call for Joe. So I am holding down the fort solo today. Thanks to our friends at Empire Eats, Empire Properties, Greg Hayden. We're here in beautiful Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Come check them out. Come check out all of the different options they have in downtown Raleigh. Can't go wrong. Morning Times Coffee. That's how I started my day today. And of course, we can't do what we do without Copiers Plus. Can't stress this enough. I now have the Kyocera unit at my house, at the home base in Garner. Even I have figured out how to use this, not only with my computer, but with my phone as well. So see how Copiers Plus can save your business money. Best thing to do, go to copiers-plus.com. All right, there was a lot going on this week in the world of college basketball. NC State wins 78-77 to to potentially save their season. We will talk to Scott Wood about that. Carolina finds their offense. Cormac Ryan hitting some shots. Armando Baycott really in a groove. Tar Heels beat Virginia Tech, and they live to prove me wrong because they're like, oh, Julio, you think we we can't win when we give up 80 points? Ha! Heels win 96-81. Meanwhile, Duke with a 76-67 win at Florida State. Tallahassee, always a tough spot for the Blue Devils. And I keep asking, well, who is the bus driver for Duke? And Jared McCain keeps raising his hand, uh, the freshman, with 35 points to lead the Blue Devils to the win without Tyrese Proctor. And the situation with Kyle Filipowski becomes more curious and curious by the moment. But it's pretty clear at this point that Jared McCain is driving the bus for the Blue Devils. Before we get into that conversation with Scott Wood about NC State and their important win and, and how the law of the wolf always kicks in, you just have to give up a little bit of hope. And for those unfamiliar, the law of the wolf is when you expect the most, you get the least. However, when you expect the least, which NC State fans did going into Saturday's game against Clemson, you get the most. Uh, big, big win for NC State and for Kevin Keats. We'll talk about that with Scott Wood. But first, let's talk about the story of the year in our state and the story of the year in all of college athletics. And that's Parker Bird, ECU baseball. Parker Bird is a sophomore at ECU. And if you're not familiar, uh, he was an outstanding high school prospect. He's from Laurenburg. Unfortunately, he got into a boating accident in July of 22. So at the end of his senior year of high school, he ended up having his leg caught and it had to be amputated. He needed... 22 surgeries in 54 days, 22 in 54 days. His leg was amputated underneath his knees, right leg. Uh, But on Friday, he was in uniform, had an at-bat for ECU. He walked in five pitches. ECU wins 16-2 to over Ryder. They swept through the weekend. But truly, this is the story of the year in college sports. What a story. What inspiration you know, uh, at the risk of of mixing ECU and NC State up here. You talk about never giving up and, and credit here obviously goes to Parker Bird and his family for all of the work that he put in. But I think you also have to give credit to Cliff Godwin when he honored the commitment for Parker Bird. I, I, I know it probably would have been easy to say, hey, kid, it's not going to happen. Uh, but you see the work that he put in and you see it pay off. And just just to get back out on the field, just to be with his teammates in the way that he has truly is remarkable. But for him to get out on the field and play in a game, uh, I mean, it's truly amazing. 
here's what ECU had posted on their Twitter account from this was Friday's game. The opener, he comes up and, you know, the number one thing that stands out to me is 22 surgeries in 54 days. You're going to be really skinny. Uh, I love how I love how hard this kid has worked to put himself in a position to help this ECU baseball team. And, and here's the moment from Friday. If you're watching on the YouTube. Again, just to get back out there and have a chance to compete and help his teammates and be with his teammates truly is remarkable. Also on the baseball front, we had big news for everyone knows one of my friends is Elliot Avent, coach over at NC State. They win five to three on Sunday over VCU. It was Elliot's thousandth win. He is in year 28 with the Wolfpack. This one notable to me, though, because Jackson Lucas, uh, who I've known since he was growing up over in Eagle Ridge, had a chance to pitch in this game in the seventh inning. Could not have been happier to see him out there to the start to what I think will be a really good career for NC State and a really good career for Jackson as he figures out how to pitch at that level and also uh, over overcoming some of his own uh, tragedies. He lost his dad uh, recently to ALS. So I uh, love to see Jackson have the success that he's going to have at NC State and kind of marrying those two points together. Obviously, Keith LeClaire at NC State and Chris Combs, uh, Keith Clare at ECU, their coach, Chris Combs, a uh, great player at NC State, both lost their lives to ALS. NC State and ECU will play on April 2nd. Mark that one down in Raleigh. That game is to support ALS. And then it'll be back in Greenville on 423. So looking forward to talking to both Cliff Godwin and Elliot Avent ahead of those matchups. So great weekend, both for ECU and Parker Bird, and then for NC State for a couple of different reasons there with Elliot Avent and Jackson Lucas. All right, now it's time to get into some hoops. And before we can do that, of course, I have to hit the right buttons. That means there's no obvious here to help me. So let's housekeeping. Housekeeping, that's right. Thank you, Rand. Housekeeping is brought to you by Inovano Green Cleaning. Listen, I, I had some issues with my shower this weekend, in part because I decided to wash the dogs. And I'm looking around my bathroom going, man, I need to get up with the people from Inovana stat. You can do the same. We've already had some listeners reach out to them. Very thankful for you guys. You always support us in the best possible way, which is by reaching out to these companies who support us. So do your part. Go to Inovana.com. That's E-N-O-V-A-N-A. Enovana.com schedule a cleaning. Listen, it, it doesn't get any better for this for you and saving time for you and for your house to be cleaned. So uh, check them out again. Love that housekeeping. Such a great idea from Derek. Housekeeping, Enovana.com. Speaking of events that we have coming up, we have the OG tailgate on Saturday. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the Instagrams. OG Triangle Media on the Instagrams here. I'm going to pull it up. Watch all this magic I got going on today. I got a lot going on today, people. I'm not going to lie to you. I am not the technological specialist here. But if you go to our Instagram account, you will see OG Triangle Media. We're having our OG tailgate. We'll be out at PNC Arena 
Canes and Stars. It's an eight o'clock game. We're giving away rides thanks to two rides, two lucky winners thanks to our friends from Sleek Fleet. Please, pretty please, uh, be close to where <laughs> to the arena. We had a little. We, we've learned our lesson from the first time. Uh, but go to our Instagram account. You'll see. We're going to have the butcher's market out there on Saturday. Um, just great stuff from them. You know, you can't go wrong with the food from them. And then we have our beer, uh, the official arena beer from the OG, which is Sweetwater 420. So we have beer, we have the butcher's market, and we're giving away those two round trip uh, rides to and from the arena. All you got to do is have a ticket to get into the game. So come see us over at PNC Arena and go check us out how you can do that on OG Triangle Media on the Instagrams. Next up in tailgating, listen, we've got a new, in housekeeping, we've got a new t-shirt on breakingtea.com. Now, I don't know if you've seen this one yet or not. This is an instant winner. This is the Dead Conference logo that Joe cooked up for us. And listen, people are mad about the states. I get it, but don't be. This is an homage. And this is an instant purchase. So go to breakingtea.com. Breaking tea, just the letter, dot com. Collections. And, or if you could just Google Ovius and Gilio collection, breaking tea, it'll take you right there. And as you can see, that is that is the best design that we've had yet. So get yourself a t-shirt. And if you want to support us, there's other ways. Maybe you don't want an unbelievable sweatshirt. Well, you can support us in other ways. Here's the best way. Check out the ticker. Oh my gosh, there it is, redcircle.com, obvious-gilio slash donations. Again, it, you want to just help us by by donating money to us and supporting us. You want to support our trip to the ACC tournament coming up. It's right there on the screen, redcircle.com, obvious-gilio slash donation. Speaking of people who support us, Man, the OG OG Hayes Lancaster. Congrats to him, his son, with his first college outing over the weekend. That's awesome for Hayes. Great weekend for him. And great weekend to get rid of bugs. Just go to bugsbite.com. Do what Troy did. And you realize that moisture barrier is a game changer. You want to protect your house. It's your most important investment. So go to bugsbite.com. Moisture barrier, mice, ants, termites, you name it. They have it at Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Go check them out. Punch in bugsbite.com. Put in your zip code and you're going to find all kinds of ways to not only protect your house, but to save money in the process. Look, the frenzy is coming. If you're trying to move or you're trying to sell a house or you're trying to buy a house, heck, you just need information. Best thing to do, hometown realty. Go to myhtr.com. Six locations from here to the coast. More than 250 agents, Barry Woodard and his crew, they've got you covered. Go check them out because when those rates come down and the market starts moving, you want to be ahead of the curve. You want to be ahead of the frenzy. So go to myhtr.com. And then maybe, you know, you have a stray reckless driving ticket. I don't know. Maybe you passed somebody in downtown Raleigh at a light. Ah, Just giving you a hypothetical here. Whitaker and Hamer can take care of all of your traffic needs. They can handle family law issues. Maybe you're closing on a house. Maybe you're selling a business. Heck, any kind of law thing needs that you can think of, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer can handle. If they came up with the world's greatest URL, they can help you. Again, it's wh.lawyer. 
happen. And and thanks to our friends at the Heaster Automotive Group, we have Scott Wood here on the OG today. Check them out. It's HeasterAuto.com. You know, I didn't know, Scott, that they bought used cars. I didn't even know until I had reached out to them. So maybe maybe you're not in the market to buy a new car. Maybe you're just trying to sell your car. Check them out. It's HeasterAuto.com. All right. NC State wins 78-77. As we had discussed on the Law of the Wolf, this was the first game of the NCAA tournament for NC State. There, there was no way for the Wolfpack to be in the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid, i.e. without winning the, the ACC tournament, without winning on Saturday at Clemson. And they win the game 78-77 in dramatic fashion. And I want to get to the ending and I want to get to one of the favorite things that I like to do and point out when I was right. But just off the top of your head here, what was the first thing that stood off, stood out to you about NC State's big win at Clemson on Saturday? You know, I think just resiliency. Uh, they had a lot of opportunities to fold in that game. Now, obviously, there's a lot on the line back against the wall. But, you know, they got down, I think, 11 at uh, 10 or 11 at one point in that second half. Well, but 61-49. They just kind of kept clawing away. Uh, again, Jaden Taylor absolutely smokes a layup. I mean, again, you can just put your head down and kind of check out and say, you know what, this isn't our night, but they just stuck with it. Uh, a couple favorable calls, a couple favorable bounces down the stretch, and all of a sudden, you know, this is a whole different conversation today than what it could have been. Wait a second. You're not allowed as an NC State person to point out that they may have gotten a favorable whistle to help them. That's I've always, a real thing. Listen, I've always said that <laughs> officials think, period. They're, they don't come out there saying, oh, we're not going to help NC State tonight. No, that's not true. Yes, I, there's bad calls that happen against NC State, but yes, they get good calls too. I think you're referring to Modiara's last steal in this game uh, while – Clemson had the lead, a two-point lead, and their best free-throw shooter had the ball. Uh, but Diara comes over on a double team. I could see how that might have been called a foul on either Diara or uh, I think Casey Marcel was on the ball at that point. I could yeah. see how I, th- I could see how that could have been a called a foul on either one of them. Well, uh, and, but wasn't. And I think that you've got the jump ball after the missed free throw. Yeah, I mean, that, that they, also was a pretty aggressive play by Casey it, that, that could have been called on him. They they did not want to really make a mistake, and you could tell. So the physicality ramped up, and they let them play a little bit. And yeah. uh, that was, again, I don't think the game was called at that type of physicality the whole game. So the last, you know, minute 30, I felt like they just, you know, let them start butchering each other a little bit more than what they were getting away with. A couple of things stood out to me. Um, number one, I get a text because I went to see, I went to see Journey with my wife. Toto and Journey were at the uh, PNC Arena on Saturday, so I had surrendered and I had given up to the Law of the Wolf. I, I if it was going to kick in and if it's real, I knew it would kick in and I knew NC State would find a way to play well in this game and win it. In the first half, uh, now I went back and watched it yesterday, but in the first half, I get a text from one of my friends at the game who says, we just played about the best half of the season that we have, and we're only up four, and they played like shit. We're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I was like, so I check it. I'm like, that tracks. That was my, my message back was, that tracks. 
And then uh, between acts, I, I go over and I get a beer. Uh, shouts to my Sweetwater people, 420, the official arena beer of the OG. I go, I get a, a Sweetwater 420, and I look at my phone, and it was 61.49. And I was like, oh, oh, man, this isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to go. And then I finally get a text at the end uh, from our friend Chung Yeezy, and he's like, I put so much he's like i'm taking responsibility for this one he's like i've never put as much money on an opponent in my life (laughs) and i was like i was was thinking they lost and i'm like what in the world is he talking about i pull up the score and it wasn't until you know yesterday that i look and watch the game and see what had actually happened Uh, so that's number one and it was definitely one of those espn classic moments where you're watching the 1986 world series and you're like you know 20 30 years later are you sure the Red Sox didn't win this game. Are we sure? Are we sure the Red Sox don't win this game? Um, you know, it's 61-49. I'm going, I look at Jessica, I go, are we sure State is going to come back and win this game? She's like, it's okay. They're going to rally. It's okay. So um, my number one thought, though, Modiara, what a freaking game, man. What a freaking game. Uh, 11 points, nine rebounds, three steals, two blocks, three for three from the three-point line, has the key late steal. I'll use quotes for the Clemson fans, uh, the Iptayers who follow this program. Um, I don't have to tell you, Scott, last year, the biggest difference in these games was Clemson absolutely feasted on NC State's bigs in pick-and-roll situations and putting them in ball screens. Absolutely annihilated them in three games. Uh, The game in Clemson was actually the closest last year. The game at PNC last year was a freaking clinic by Clemson. The game in Greensboro was a disaster for NC State on all fronts. Uh, Quite frankly, one of those opportunities that NC State had to win the ACC championship last year, you'll never talk me out of that, and Clemson just dissected them. Uh, So so Diara and the role that he played in this game, because while you know, if you saw any of the social media clips, Kevin talks about Ben Middlebrooks going back and winning this one for him and doing it for him and yada, yada, yada. I thought he had a little bit of a, a tension stage fright. Uh, I, I didn't see him as a real factor in this game. I thought Modiara was, we're giving out game balls over here. Modiara's on my list. And then, of course, how do you leave out the guy who scores 27 points, DJ Horn now, fifth game in a row with 24-plus points. He has seven of those on the season. And it's funny because we were talking on... Law of the Wolf this week about NC State's roster and how they've, you know, how they've changed and how you have to coach and play for a different roster. DJ Horn now with seven 24 plus point games last this year. Jaquavian Smith had eight last year. Jaquavian Smith, the team's leading score. So look, like we said, DJ Horn ha- has kind of done his job and done what they've needed him to do, particularly in these last five games. I just want to say for the record that if 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 RJ Davis, which he did, had five games in a row like this, we would be building statues of RJ Davis. And they did for about a month over in Chapel Hill. Uh, DJ Horn, that is the level he's playing on right now. I have news for you. That's what he's done in the last five games. So just as long as everyone understands what level DJ Horn is playing on, you know, I love to get the people going just a little bit. Um, all right, Scott. Now let's get into the end of this game. And I want to watch the end of this game. And I'm going to show the clip here from the CW. And my first thought, most normal people probably watch this game. And I think Tori Holt had a tweet like, draw something up here, coach. And, I, you know, let's be honest. A lot of people don't don't have a whole lot of respect for Kevin Keats and his coaching ability. So the, 
I thought this play was really nice, but that wasn't the first thing that I thought of when I watched this play. But let me pull up this play so everyone can see it. If, and just in case you're out in somewhere else and you didn't get a chance to watch this one and how NC State ended up winning this game. Again, this is from the CW. State's down 78-76, and I'll, I'll let my man Tom Wormy take over from here. State has a one here in Clemson, South Carolina since March of 2015. They've got five on the shot clock for Horn. A runner, he hits it, and he puts the pack in front. 78-77. Coming up the court is Hunter. Trying to beat the clock. He drives. It bounces out. O'Connell has flings it ahead for NC State. And the Wolfpack wins. Sounded like my mom was at the end of that scream. Bloody <laughs> Murray. There was definitely some screaming going on. Yeah, it sounded sounded just like my mom was at the game. Oh, my goodness. But before we obviously, like we said, man, it's just a lot of resiliency, especially just to have the opportunity to win at the end because they they very easily could have folded. And then we have just over the last, you know, like like we've mentioned few games, there's an emergence of DJ Horn. He is the guy that can close out games. Uh, he can give you big buckets when you need it. And the best part is, you know, he may not be playing great or shooting great, but he still has the confidence within himself. I think the team has the confidence within him to make big shots down the stretch to be able to close out a game or get you back in it. You got to ride or die with him at this point. And right now the Wolfpack is riding. Very important game. I thought the final sequence was... Interesting working backwards. Don't hate that Brownell didn't call a timeout. He had Hunter going to the basket. Don't hate the look that he had. Uh, that was Middlebrooks, I believe, with the the stand up there on, on the end. So yeah. not fouling. That was important. I thought PJ Hall actually made a mistake there in trying to dunk that. I think he probably would have had more success, as Mike Jaminski did point out on the replay, trying to tip it. I thought that was a mistake going for a dunk there. So that you'll you'll take all of those things if you're a state fan. But that wasn't the first thing I thought of when I watched this game the day the next day. The very first thing I thought of was now, huh, that looks like there's a staggered pin down screen that DJ Horn's coming off of. I heard that somewhere. Somebody said that NC State needs to do that for DJ Horn. Let me let me see if I have this right. Horn's a little different. I think he's a a good pick and roll player. He can make reads. But I also think he's the type of kid that needs to come off some down screen so that he can attack a curl, get a shot. Come off of some down screens, attack a curl, and get a shot. Man, Scott Wood, I would live and love to be as right as you were in that endgame scenario. <laughs> well, that the nice part is I've played basketball for so long. I, I, I can figure out players relatively quickly. And he's just, I'm telling you, he's just one of those guys that, he, he he scores so many times on that out-of-bounds play underneath where he's coming off that little, you know, pin-down action coming to the corner, and he, he's smooth with it. He always makes the right reads. And, look, I understand, you know, pick and roll. It's the new part of the game, and, and, and a lot of teams run a lot of pick and roll. But I think you can create just as much as of an advantage doing things like that. Like, if you go back and really look at that clip – I guarantee you, as soon as he started to get to the elbow on the curl, he probably had a guy popping that was open and a guy rolling because he's drawing so much attention because when he's attacking. So, you know, I think, again, just kudos to the staff. I think a lot of it, you know, DJ Burns being, you know, fouled out. So 
I think that probably had a, a big piece to being able to do those pin downs. But I, I said it when, you know, DJ's out of the game. This is this is DJ Horn's time to to get as many up as he can. And that starts with, you know, having Modiar set and pin downs, having it doesn't have to always be pick and roll. So, uh, you know, it was good to see that because I think that's the type of action that they need to utilize a little bit more because I think they have a few more players that thrive in down screens, stagger screens, cross screen, down screens, those type of actions more so than even pick and roll. Before we get to what is next for NC State, I want to talk a little bit about the big boy there, DJ Burns. You mentioned that he fouled out, though. He played in 25 minutes, scored 14 points. Uh, one of the things we had highlighted on the Law of the Wolf was make what 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 would his plus minus be? It was even. Yeah. I think you, I think you take that, uh, particularly in the way that the games against Clemson went last year. I do want to point out though, when it was 61-49, all four of the big man's assists in this game came after NC State was down 12 points with 11 minutes left in this basketball game. That's impressive. Uh, You've pointed out his passing skill before. It's not just his post scoring. There is a passing skill to what he has. There is a value to what he has. And and it's a tightrope and it's difficult. But again, I I do think it's important to give Kevin credit when he uses and walks the tightrope with TJ Burns the right way. And uh, this could be the kind of confident thing for DJ Burns, who quite frankly has not been spectacular this season that's the kind of game they need from him. And, and this is the kind of game they can, that is repeatable. This isn't some miracle. This isn't the, you know, Wake Forest exception last year where they just couldn't guard him. And he made some tremendous plays and got to the foul line, which he never seems to get any foul calls to go his way. But this is the kind of game that they can get from him on a consistent basis. It's just a matter of him. You know, quite frankly, uh, they're, they're, he's got to be on the floor um, and and locked in and, and playing in bursts the way that I thought we saw. And and again, as you suggested on Law of the Wolf last week, play in those shorter bursts and pour it out in those bursts and, you know, use him in a way that is truly effective. Yeah, I think to start the game, I think they did a phenomenal job. They gave it to him like the first four possessions. I think he had six points. Uh, He may have hit a cutter uh, during that time. But I just I just think that's the best way to utilize him. I think he, he gets you in, 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 you know, some tricky situations, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end. But he's so gifted offensively and he is such an elite passer that you got to be able to give it to him and start to create an advantage. Because, again, he's going to see double teams. He's going to see traps. So allow him to just get the ball out of his hands and then hopefully shooters, cutters are able to finish. All right, let's talk about what's next for NC State. Because while I say this was their first NCAA tournament game, obviously I'm saying it would have been really difficult for them to get there without this win. That doesn't mean they're there, though. Uh, 16-9, and 8-6 in the league now. They have wins over Clemson and Virginia, who are two of the teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament from the ACC. They have games left against Duke and Carolina. Um, while the odds are against them winning over in Chapel Hill, I do like their chances of beating Duke in Raleigh. And if they can do that, and then if they you look at these final six games that they have, you look at it and you go, whew, not a lot of layups there, my friend. Uh, starting with Tuesday, they play Syracuse, a team that they lost to up in the Dome um, a couple weeks ago. They get Syracuse here and Boston College here this week. And then really, that, that close is no joke with FSU, UNC, Duke, and Pitt. Pitt is another team that keeps winning. I think Pitt is a team that's putting has put itself in position to make the NCAA tournament as well. I, I just 
you know, they need to celebrate what they did on Saturday. But I also, they have to understand that there's still a good amount of work ahead of them. When you look at these final six games, Scott, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I think their mindset still has to be we're outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, they, they, clearly they are. I mean, let's yeah. not let's not be confused about that. Yeah. Not... So they 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 still have to improve their resume and make it look as beautiful as possible. I mean, with, with me just spitballing, and I, I mean, we may disagree on it. I, I think the next three, you need to go on a little run here to give you some cushion. Uh, I think you got to find a way to beat Syracuse, Boston College, Florida State. I think you got to have a North Carolina Duke, and then you got to beat. A Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, which is going to be a, a very tough task. Um, I don't know if they have a lot of seniors. It'll probably be a senior night. Uh, they're a, a younger of, team this year, other than Henson, you know, who is their bus driver. Yeah, uh, they're I, a younger team. But honestly, Scott, the way it reminds me, it reminds me of your, uh, well, actually it reminds me of your 12 season, right? You guys get down to Atlanta and you got to take care of business. You got to win some games. And even before you got to Atlanta, you had to win at the end of that regular season, just to keep fighting. And I think, I think, I think obviously Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and Clemson, I think they're in. I think, I think another two ACC teams can get in. Now that might be Wake Forest. That might be NC State. That might be Pittsburgh. I wouldn't write off Syracuse quite yet either. Um, I think Virginia Tech has a very interesting out of league uh, resume that will help them. But I think these teams can get in, but I think you're going to get to DC and realize you're you got to do some work. Yeah, you know, and, I remember I, the urgency that you guys played with in Atlanta in twelve, and and it took you a long way. And you beat a Virginia team. Quite frankly, you got in, and they didn't. Yeah, um, and I and and this is with me assuming. You know, if that if we if they went out like I just said, that that's with me assuming that they don't play very well in the ACC tournament. Like I think right. that's bare minimum that you have to have to be in the contention and the talks of being one of the first four in or or whatever it may be. So I, I still think, again, that's something you have to do. And the only thing that can really solidify you is going to the ACC tournament and getting a two-win, three-win uh, ACC tournament to, again, boost uh, that resume. All right. Well, it starts all again on Tuesday. NC State hosting Syracuse. We will have Law of the Wolf on Wednesday, uh, Scott Wood, scottwood15.com for all of your mortgage needs, your lending needs. Check them out, scottwood15.com, and always check them out on Law of the Wolf, wherever you get your podcast. Scott Wood, appreciate you taking some time, and I will see you tomorrow night over at PNC. Yep, thank you. I think you're 100% right, Joe. The best way to be swagged out for college basketball season is to go to homefieldapparel.com. The best way to save money is to use the promo code OG23. That's going to save you 15%. Their Carolina collection, unbelievable. Wake Forest stuff, unbelievable. Heck, maybe you want to dig into my past with Gonzaga or Purdue. The way to go is to go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 and you will save 15%. Maybe on Tuesday, you're headed over to PNC Arena. Maybe on Saturday, you're going to come check us out for the OG tailgate. Well, hit up the breeze through. Look, man, you want beers, you want those snacks, you want dark roast coffee. Mm-hmm. 17 locations in the state. They've got you covered wherever you go at Breeze Through. I'm just just so happy to be partial to the home base there on Edwards Mill, Trinity. Check them out. Get that dark roast. You will not be 
you will be ecstatic and you'll be awake for the big Syracuse game on Tuesday. And if you want to save money, best thing to do, hit up my friend, Matt Davis. He is over in Garner with State Farm. All right. Troy, one of our listeners. We've actually had three listeners now reach out and say, it was really simple. I called Matt, 919-779-8277. I called him. I got my options. I saved a bunch of money on insurance. You can do the same thing. I don't know what you're waiting for. Again, you can make a phone call, 919-779-8277, or or you can go to theoginsurance.com. Matt is there. He's got you covered. He is going to take care of you. He is going to save you money. That I promise you. Go check him out. It's theoginsurance.com. Apparently, today is the day that I have everyone from my OG Classic golf team on this program. And what would that mean without the captain of the team? Brad Frisch, PGA Pro, my friend, joining me now. We're going to hit a variety of topics today, Brad. Um, for some strange reason, you know, you're from Canada. You went to Campbell. You're a Carolina fan. Uh, I get it. You probably like Alabama football and the Dallas Cowboys and the Yankees. So you're a front runner. Got it. Um, we'll talk a little bit of golf, your specialty. We'll talk a little bit about the Canes because you are Canadian. Eh? Um, I feel like hockey is a thing that is required by law. So well, how about a dealer's choice here? How about I spin the wheel and let you, you pick which topic you'd like first? Uh, yeah, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, but in no way am I front running with that. <laughs> Not in the well, last twenty five right. years. You're right. you're, I always forget uh, people our age. You know, you back in the day, you'd be considered a front runner, but now you're right. You've suffered through a little bit with the Cowboys. So my apologies. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's just talk golf because that's what uh, that's what I did for a living for a long time. So let's do that. All right. Well, I do want to talk about Tiger Woods, but but, but first. <laughs> Hideki Matsuyama yesterday in the Genesis. First of all, being nine under, like you're you're blazing on a Sunday to do that in these new elevated fields. But the two shots he hit on 15 and 16 were just preposterous. Like <laughs> I'm so jealous. You know, I can't putt to save my life. Not to compare myself to Hideki, but uh he struggles with the with the short stick. And for yeah. him to, you know, the best way to take that thing out of your hands is to hit it within inches, man. I think you could have made those two putts. No problem. <laughs> uh, we were off air. I think it was uh, 349 yards for those two approach shots to a total of 14 inches. So he definitely took that uh, tournament by the throat. Not not one that you would have thought he would have had a chance in considering the leaderboard at the beginning of the day. Right. I think there was a group of about four or five guys that you could comfortably say, yeah, the winner's going to come from from this group. And his... Uh, I think his strokes gain for the day was almost nine plus nine. And he shot a much better score than any of the leaders. And so, you know, it, it sometimes works out that way. Um, it was kind of a weird event with, you know, Tiger withdrawing. Uh, there was some bug going around for a lot of people. I saw, I think Tom Kim either hit his first tee shot and then had to run for an emergency or vice versa. Either he, he got to the tee yesterday um, after yeah, an, em after an emergency, after emergency. Yes. Yeah. So there was, there was a weird bug going around. I think, uh, can't lay was his temperature was over a hundred yesterday. Um, 
I imagine normally his temperature is about 91 or 92. He seems like that kind of a guy. Vampire. Um, I've played with him a few times and he's very, uh, he's very, you know, straight and narrow type guy. Uh, but I, I really did think it was going to come down to Cantlay and Shoffley, but I think sometimes you get in that group where they know each other very well and that's almost a, a disadvantage and they just kind of never got rolling. Xander had a chance after, what, 10 11 yeah, yeah birdie birdie eagle and then he made a bunch of bogeys coming in so uh honestly the only guy that had a real chance near the end was luke list i think he uh he made a few bogeys coming in but he would have had the best chance to uh to challenge hideki but did you know that hideki was 55th in the world before this he had not been playing that's well. wild wild you know, you know that i gamble a lot on golf <laughs> Shots my man josh goodson who actually had a hideki ticket that he took after the first round that paid off handsomely wow um but no he he's a guy who and i kept saying all week this is a ball strikers ball ball strikers ball strikers and i had will zalatoris in my one and done pool and i was like see there's a reason why you, you kind of follow your own advice not once did i even think oh yeah that that other guy who just you know struggles with the putter, but right, um, he's kind of really just keep that thing. He's calling kind of fallen back the last year and a half. Uh, he was second in the world at one point. Obviously, won the Masters. Masters. I think this was his yeah. ninth PGA Tour win. So he's kind of on track for you know a Hall of Fame career. He's not old. I think he's mid thirties. So he's uh, he's on his way. But I can't believe that when I saw today, fifty uh, fifth in the world, and that's with live guys, you know, taking out Dustin yeah. Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, really Brooks Kepka. It's um, not a three fifty five. Yeah, right. It's it's probably more like seventy or eighty. So uh, if he was, let's say, if he was American, like a Justin Thomas, you would have probably heard a lot more about this. You probably would have seen a lot more media scrutiny about how far he'd fallen. Uh, but back on track for Hideki. Yeah, what a what a performance yesterday on on such a great golf course and um, and a great and a great field, a great leaderboard. You think there's any correlation? And I've seen this a couple of times between Augusta and Riviera. Uh, I don't. I don't. I've not played Riviera, but I've watched it enough where I just I don't see the similarities. Uh, you got to drive it a lot better, I'd say, at uh, Riviera than you do Augusta. Just tighter. Then, yeah. Um, and there's just not as much going on with the greens. They're, they're tilted, but they're not crazy undulating. It's more of a tilt left to right or back to front or whatever. Augusta, the greens are just absolutely wild. I have played there once and it was, uh, obviously a treat, but also very challenging. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Tiger Woods because this was his, um, season debut and, he he was unable to make it through. He was one over on the first day. Second day, gets sick, withdraws. Um, going back to last year's Masters withdraws. Going back to the Open and the the PGA withdraws. You know the the his foot. Well, let's not be let's not overlook. I began this podcast by pointing out the miraculous story of Parker Bird at ECU. Let's let's you know pause here for a moment and realize that how close Tiger Woods Woods was to losing his leg. So I don't want to diminish that. But it just feels like every, we get our hopes up every time. Uh, I'll, I shouldn't use we. You know, you competed against him. But for someone like me, you, you know, you you watch it and you appreciate the greatness and you just kind of want that little nostalgia. You want a little bit of that back. And I, I, it's interesting that he changed from Nike to his new uh, Sunday Red brand. And someone had asked him about the the iconic Tiger Woods logo that I believe he did create. 
And someone's like, well, do you, did you want to take it with you? Did you want it? And his quote was, I don't want it back. I've moved on. He said, this is a transition in my life. And I, I think it's interesting, Brad. I think we're getting to the point where whatever is next for him is not on the actual golf course until maybe we get to see him play with his son somewhere. Maybe there's a Torrey Pines, maybe the farmers, maybe they're, you know, where he's super comfortable, Pebble Beach. Maybe he comes out and plays with him when his when his son is old enough. Um, but I feel like his future really is now with whatever the Drive Shack Top Golf World you know championships that they're going to create. I feel like that's what I think that's where he is at this point in his life. Uh, and I, I, honestly, I don't think there's any shame in that. No, there's not. And you're right. How much uh, damage to his body has been done through various uh, injuries and accidents and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, his body has to be a train wreck. If you took a you know full scan MRI or whatever, yeah. there's just there's so much damage. Uh, I was at the Masters last year just walking around and watching him walk those hills was uncomfortable. It, it, it doesn't look natural there's a there's a limp a pronounced limp uh, i know he wasn't in great shape physically even for him uh that week but it just looked so it just looked so uncomfortable and so um manufactured and it it's too bad because we we all remember and and remember watching his his greatness you know winning us open by 15 uh, winning St. Andrews by eight over David Duvall, who played amazing that week anyway. Um, but I don't, it's just not there anymore. Unfortunately, his golf swing is now 90% upper body when yeah. everyone else is playing through the ground. It's kind of the trend now. Um, it, it's, it's too bad because we are all, or most of us are hoping for that magical one more time. And then could that lead to another one after that? Uh, but I think you're right. I think it's just the time has come. I do wonder what it's going to be like when he turns 50 and he can ride a cart. That's a huge burden lifted, uh, mm -hmm. meaning on the champions tour. And I think he'll right. play. Why wouldn't he? I think 10 years ago, he wouldn't have entertained it. But now that, you know, things change and things happen to your body. And I think he's kind of accepted that, you know, he can't play three weeks in a row. I think he said once a month is kind of his, his max and you listen to him. And I don't know if all the preparation and the post round stuff is all true. I don't know why he would fib about it, but like he finishes around and he, and he acts like he needs three or four hours to decompress um, yeah. and, and get treatment and all that. I can't imagine that, you know, me, not the best shape in the world, <laughs> needed about, you know, a half hour of, you know, whatever it was, hot tub, cold tub, rub down, whatever. Um, but, you know, for him at 40, is he 48? Uh, yeah, he's my age. Yeah, 48 and and needs, you know, two or three hours pre-round and two or three hours post-round uh, just for his body to be in the right spot. It's It has to feel like such a grind for him. And obviously you just recounted wd 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 that that's where we're at right now unfortunately yeah. uh, i was before we move on to uh hockey i was reminded that you know tiger used to be a dick <laughs> like we have warm and fuzzies now about tiger woods because this is the way we love to think of our heroes and our legends and all those things right but the, the, i say this because a report came out that his team which of course forever you know his group didn't want the pga tour uh, Twitter account, social media, 
putting out any highlights of Tiger Woods in a in a Nike recognizable Nike brand. I'm sitting here going, how are, how are you going to do that? <laughs> what, what are you going to you going to fuzz it over? You get like what? <laughs> yeah, that that's odd. I mean, this on the heels of coming up with a logo that you and I could have done better after five minutes of you know yeah. this thing is so I, listen bad. the sun i don't get why it's three different words i don't mind the fake latigre he is a tiger he is the tiger i get it uh but i just thought that was vintage tiger and not to get you in trouble with anybody but what was it like uh playing in tournaments with him and what was because we're four months away from Pinehurst, and i just remember in 2014 like you know, there were so many rules back then. Like you could do this, but you can't do that. As the media, like you know, you you know, you got to do that. This. this is the only time he'll talk, and don't ask this, and don't do that. And it was just like this whole like Tiger rules, if you will. And I think people kind of misremember that he was kind of a dick. Yeah, in the locker room, he was fine. Uh, sometimes he was awkward as a child, right? You watch that oh, yeah, documentary on HBO, HBO like su- super awkward. Yes. Um, and he, he actually like his sense of humor is a lot of try hard. So he, he never lost that from childhood and he just wanted to be one of the guys in the moments yeah. that he had time to be one of the guys like sitting down playing cards during a rain delay at Bay Hill. Um, you know, shooting the, shooting the shit on the, uh, we were on the eighth tee of, uh, the farmer's, on a restart on a Monday, he's in the final group. I'm in the second last group, but we're teeing off first on the eighth green. There's 20,000 people lining the, uh, the hole. It's 160 yard par three. I have to hit first. Lord help me. I just closed my <laughs> eyes and hit it. Hit a great shot. Actually. I don't know how, but, um, just on the team chat- crowds, the, the, the um, of sheer number of people who are out there watching. Oh yeah. And I was, that was my third PGA tour event as a member, like I was a rookie in this great spot, but also tigers watching me like six feet away. So fairly intimidating, but he didn't try to be, he was just by virtue of who he was and and his, you know, the quality of his play, but uh, no, personally, never, never, uh, never a bad guy. Like among the players, he was friendly to everybody and uh, always, it was weird. Like he, is a golf nerd and he would just say stuff that you're like, well, how do you know that about this guy who just joined the tour, you know, two months ago? Like, how do you, how do you know this? Well, he pays attention, you know, to the corn fairy tour and and whatever. So, um, no, he was just always so guarded with the media. But I should say his second act as a player before the accident, I thought was great for him that Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and the generation of players embraced him the way that he did obviously winning the masters and having that that great moment that he did in 19 like i thought that was great for him to come back like keep in mind like tiger wasn't here for the warm and fuzzies when he was out there killing people like he was there to be a war machine that's what he was there to do like so i'm not claiming i'm not trying to make it seem like he had personality flaws i'm trying to make it seem like we misremember the way that he was because in part because of that second act when he came back and he was more open with players and more friendly with, with his, you know, colleagues. Sure. Right. And, and you saw it a uh, different timeline, but Nick Faldo, like he was a cranky old bastard when he played the PGA tour and European okay. tour. And then all of a sudden in the booth, cracking jokes, he's the nicest guy in the world, you know, 
personality turn just because you're out of competition. And, you know, some guys need that. Some guys need the, you know, straight and narrow on the golf course and with the media for their entire career. And then when they're, they're done, they hang it up. They're like, Ooh, okay, now I can be a normal person. Yeah. So Tiger kind of, you're right. He kind of started mentoring guys. Um, Justin Thomas and, and Ricky Fowler have talked about that. They can text him anytime. What three, four, or five years ago that started? Um, they started picking his brain, and he started becoming friendly with a much younger generation of golfers. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Canes and, and hockey. You're a, a long-suffering Ottawa Senators fan, Whew. and I've often wondered if, like the Senators, were good enough to kind of run through the East in the regular season, even getting to the Stanley Cup Finals once. I've kind of wondered if the Canes now are your Alfredson vintage senators. Are they are they good enough to to rule the regular season, but not good enough to win the cup? And I, the way that they play, I, I don't know. I, I I enjoy their regular season domination, but I every time I leave a game where they've taken eight million shots and their opponent has taken three and yet they still end up either <laughs> losing in overtime or you know needing this last second miracle or or marty nature's uh overtime magic i think to myself i, I it's a very curious mousetrap that they've built over there but as someone who uh follows hockey the way that you do uh what are your impressions of, of this ver this variation of the carolina hurricanes so I think I'll start out by saying that, and we talked about this before we started the interview, that the, the Hurricanes have the absolute best and deepest roster of defensemen in the league. And it's been that way for, I think, four or five years. Whoever yeah. you cycle through the the third line D, you know, it's Chatfield and it was Calvin DeHaan last year and then Gossa Spear at the end of the year and now Dmitry Orloff, which is a huge upgrade, I think. Yeah. Um, Despite his start, he took a while to kind of figure it out, but he's a great player. Uh, Pesci Shea on the second line, Slavin Burns on the first line. Uh, you might have to worry about Burns' age in a year, but I think he's still playing well. Um, so they're built from the, the defense first. Uh, you have to get adequate goaltending, which they've always almost had, let's say. Uh, their goaltenders are pretty injury-prone, so we're down to the third and fourth guy right now, right? Yeah. Um, I feel your pain with kind of the the system, which is throw everything at the net, cause chaos, like their tagline this year. Um, go to the dirty areas, find the goals. Um, it's actually a great strategy for the playoffs. You know, most goals in the playoffs are scored within about six feet of the net. Yeah. Uh, the issue is that. Yeah. yeah and, the issue is that you need your stars to be able to step up in the playoffs and score that occasional one-on-one -on -one goal or, or great move goal or whatever. And, you know, I will say they played really well last year in the conference finals. Like, oh yeah. There, there, there was one team that was going to beat them in the conference finals. So it, it sucks is, as a, as a fan to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It sucks as a fan to hear that, but you know, the only better goalie in the league uh, rather than Freddie Anderson, <clears throat> rather than Freddie Anderson at that time was Sergei Bobrovsky. Unfortunately, they were playing each other. Yeah, he, the, man, they played so well. Uh, and you know, Brenda Moore 
said that and nobody liked that what he said uh after it's like it felt like we could have went won every game this wasn't a sweep i i agreed with them i think you know you can only you can only think that you are a better team if you are out there playing against each other and they could tell that half an inch here half an inch there they they were a very comparable team to Florida. There was nothing that they needed to do to overhaul something after that Florida series. And typically they don't, Um, you know, they did get Orloff. I think there were some plans there that kind of went awry. I don't think they meant for Orloff to be their third pairing defenseman this year. I think there was a Pesci Shea move there maybe that was going to happen, but didn't. Um, But I I really like the team. Their performance to me is amazing because if I look at, you mentioned my senator's fandom, my team at forward, the top three lines, player by player, I think Ottawa has such a better roster than the Hurricanes. And I don't particularly think it's close offensively. Yeah. But they're so committed to defense in Carolina. They're so committed to system. They don't get outside their skis. Uh, even in a during a bad game, they don't go, you know, try to play hero ball. They just stick to the system because the next game that would bleed over to the next game. And that would not be a good thing. Uh, the system's proven in the regular season to be great. Now they need three guys to be able to step up. Aho, Svechnikov, Natchez, and all at the same time. It's never been that way. One guy's played well, two haven't. Yeah. And these are their most talented players. They have guys around them who are playoff type guys. Stefan Nason, Jordan Martinuk, scored a bunch of goals last postseason. Jordan Stahl. Young so they have, they have, the, yeah, they have the, they have the nucleus, but it's the, the three guys who are obviously the most talented up front that have to be able to step up. And I'm one who thinks like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But that Florida series, despite the sweep really changed my attitude. Now they do have to get the goaltending. And I know we're going to talk about that. Um, Freddie Anderson cleared, far and away as their best goaltender. That's yeah. my opinion. He, he, he's the guy who has to be in net. I think this year for them to make a run anything else. I think they don't, they can't afford the luxury of, you know, letting in that goal from the center ice line, you know, a couple of minutes of, of lapses, <laughs> stuff like that. He's played great. Good check he, played great since then, inclu- including in that game. But it's, I just don't moment. think he's, he, he can't be the guy that you go against yeah. Florida with again. I thought it was important that Freddie proved last year that he was good enough to help them win the Stanley Cup. I, th- I thought that was important for them. Now, obviously, you talk about blood clotting and, and medication that he's on. I mean, it, these are all real world issues mm-hmm. now. This is not just, hey, um, you know, let's let's make sure he's ready for the playoffs. This is let's make sure the guy's going to be okay. Um, but apparently they have a secret weapon in, in Spencer Martin. Um, <laughs> can you explain to me how they could keep this guy on ice and use him twice? Once at Boston, a win, and uh, Boston, the best team in the NHL statistically, and then the beating the champions from last year, Vegas on the road, uh, three to one on Saturday. Does is this one of those anomalies, or does this get to your point about hey, the Canes really do have the best defense in the NHL, and it's just a matter of getting functional help behind them. And something like three weeks apart too, right? It's not like he had yeah. a bunch of action in between. No, I mean, those, are, those are only two starts. Martin, man, 124 yeah. and 217 wins over Boston, wins over the Knights, both on the road. Um, I I think it's more their their commitment to defense. Obviously, he played well. I watched the Boston game. I did not watch the uh, the Vegas game. But 
Canes after dark. Yeah, that's those are tough, man. Those are really tough. I can't watch Sens games on the on the West Coast. Period. Two in the middle, I'm like drifting off. All right, time to go to bed. Um, I, I think that they're not playing him more because they need Kachekov to play and get comfortable and com- more comfortable, so that if he has to be the guy in the playoffs, that he'll have plenty of runway uh, from the regular season to to kind of uh, play off of. Um, but it, it's great to have a guy come in and do that. I mean, I think last year my senators used seven goalies and there were, it, it was a disaster, man, like so many injuries. So eventually you become, do you remember when um, the Canes had Justin Peters? Yeah. And there was a stretch where he had a couple shutouts and a couple one goal games and they played so hard in front of him. It shouldn't be that way, but it is, you know, guys think we have this guy in net who, you know, they don't know Spencer Martin, right. We better play our asses off just in case we have a chance to win this game. I, I and, call and, it the e-bug protocols. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Who is this guy? We just dragged out of the stand. Doesn't matter if we play our game, we could still win. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they actually showed a little bit of that. Kachekov's first start after um, the disaster there against Colorado. So, all right, let's get out of here on some on some Tar Heel talk. Mm. Your Tar Heels um, live live and love to prove me wrong. I've been talking a lot recently. But some some people have been um, worried about UNC. I'm not worried about UNC. I think it kind of there's ebbs and flows to every season. They're obviously not playing the same way that they did in January, but I, I'm not that concerned about it. Um, but I had been talking about how, you know, when they give up less than 80 points, they win. And so sure enough, what they decide to do, they went and decided to prove me wrong. They play Virginia Tech on Saturday, give up 80 points and win. Like I'm telling you, man, no matter what I say about them, they'll they'll try to figure out a way to prove me wrong. It's funny, right? Because the first half of the season or more was about, well, R.J. Davis will score, you know, 25 or yeah. 30 and, and lead us to the win. And Baycott so. wasn't. Baycott wasn't super involved. And all of a sudden, the last five or six games, which have been a bunch of losses, they've kind of focused on getting back to him inside as a primary scorer, um, getting low on the block and doing a bunch of pick and rolls with him. And he's scoring 25 and 12. And yet they're losing games. I I don't know what the correlation is there. I I do wish that uh, Elliot Cadeau would at least just shoot from the outside. Like, I don't think you'll ever not play a guy in his face if he's willing to just shoot. And there was a game. I can't remember what game it was. He started making threes and I'm like, Oh my God, this team could be now look out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, they're playing him six feet back and the best thing he does is drive and you can defend if you're six feet, you know, back of Cadeau, you can prevent that from happening if he's not going to just shoot. And so when he started making a few threes in that game, I was thinking, man, this could be great. But since then there's been not much of anything that way. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of a funny team. It's it, they, they can score so quickly. Uh, their defense was so good in the middle part of the season at the beginning of the conference schedule. That's kind of waned a little bit. Uh, but you know, this is not, this is not the Tar Heels from, two and three and four years ago. Like this is a solid final four team that, you know, it'd be disappointing if they didn't make the final eight, let's say the elite eight. Um, they're, they're too good not to, and they're so experienced. I remember you talking a couple or a bunch of shows ago about 
the way to win in college basketball, the primary way is to have a team together for a long time. Yeah. And, and this team, there's a bunch of players who have been together for a long time. <laughs> well, they were our number two seed in the initial NCAA tournament selection committees seeds, the top 16. And I think that's helpful. I know some people want to see them as a number one. Uh, the win over Tennessee is going to help them. Oklahoma is kind of fading a little bit. Arkansas has obviously faded. Um, you know, they did beat Duke. That's going to be helpful. They have the game coming up against Virginia. That will be helpful. I, I think they're still in, it's still in play for them to be a number one seed. You know, I, I'm not sure that's as important as maybe not being with UConn, um, which yeah. would be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, all, it all runs through them, right? Like, yeah, they're I think so good. The way the oh. field is setting up, it really looks like UConn and everybody else. But um, bracket luck is real. And as my Tar Hill fans hate when I say, if there's a way for them to get a break, they will find it. So <laughs> listen, um, I, I have full faith in them. But I honestly, I look at the way that they play. And, and I, I, I even asked a couple of people who are UNC fans. I'm like, are you actually like worried about this team? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, see, that's where my disconnect comes on the state side. You're just so worried about getting in the tournament. Like you never really think of that next level of no, we have to be playing well and put this thing together so that there is a final four there and not just, Oh, look at us. We made the, you know, sweet 16 or look at right. us. We got in. So I think there's a different mentality there for those two teams. All right. Um, I don't remember. Did you, did you catch flack when you did the wake forest and UNC roster comparison? I never really paid attention after that. <laughs> did I? Yes, of course. I did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My Deeks really need to figure out who the best player on their team is. I think once they do that, they will be okay. So, uh, Brad Fristo, listen, if you have uh, needs for golf gloves, Red Rooster oh, is the answer. Redrooster.com. You have more than just gloves, though. It's actually redroostergolf.com, but that's redroostergolf.com. Okay. We do have more than golf gloves we have a bunch of you know hat options towels golf accessories all kinds of stuff um yeah started three years ago it's going great i'm the guy in the u.s who is still shipping receiving a little bit of marketing here in the u.s we're based in ottawa canada uh, that's where most of the real work happens but i ship right out of here uh in holly springs check them out red rooster golf.com brad let's get together soon let's get dr brendan out there uh, you know, I don't take strokes, so you, you guys will just beat me like a drum, but I will be ecstatic for the one hole or two that I push. Uh, that will make my, that will make my day. You'll you know, just give I, me a, you just give me a really bad line on 18 at, uh, uh, Eagle Ridge and then you can win the hole that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like, yeah. Uh, yeah, appreciate you, my friend and uh, enjoy. We'll, we'll be getting together soon, man. Four months. Piner's going to be here before you know it. That's right. And hopefully you'll be in it. That, that's one of the tournaments I'm going to try to qualify for. Obviously, it's a long shot. I've done it twice, um, but you know my my backup plan is fun. Chatting with you every day about uh, the U.S. Open. I love it. Let's do it. And good luck to you. Best of luck to you. And of course, again, get those gloves. Redroostergolf.com. Thank you, Brad. Big thanks to Brad for helping me out here on a Monday. Appreciate the golf conversation and I'm looking forward to the U.S. Open down in Piners. Brad will be a big part of our coverage there. So looking forward to that. Let's get out of here, as Joe Ovius likes to say, on some Hey Joe questions. 
Butcher's Market bringing you Hey Joe today. Man, if you haven't been to the Butcher's Market yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. They have a new location, though, on Lake Boone. You get the sandwiches there. You can get hot dogs there. Their hot dogs are off the charts, man. Uh, but signature tip, steak tips, delicious. Signature chicken breast, which was my new move last week, super delicious. They also have Taylor ham. Uh, if you're from Jersey, you know what I'm talking about. Great Taylor ham there. They got it all, okay? you can, They do not miss at the butcher's market. So go check them out at the butcher's market. And actually... Both of our Hey Joe questions today come from my friend Josh Goodson, Josh Goodson, RTP Mortgage. A lot of coaching-related rants yesterday in college basketball. Let's start with Rick Patino. His team lost for the eighth time in 10 games. Ricky P, the Hall of Famer, was feeling good earlier this year at St. John's, feeling like he was about to take another team to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've been collapsing, though, in the second half of games. And he absolutely went scorched earth after St. John's lost to Seton Hall. Um, this was actually yesterday. And this clip is from SportsCenter. It's not everything that he said. But man, Ricky P was not holding back on what he thinks is wrong with his team. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year. But we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball. We just took four minutes of rush shots. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Uh, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since. Yikes. Yikes. Ricky P going scorched earth there. Um, he also made some comments about uh, Brady Dunlap kid from apex. His dad was a former assistant at NC state. I, I, I didn't love him. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I don't mind a coach being honest. Uh, he was talking about the portal and how they messed up in recruiting. And it was like, well, I didn't understand what purpose it served to make the comments that he did. I mean, there's times to motivate your team. And there's times to call out your team as well. I, I did not think this was a, a productive use of Rick Pitino's time, but he's the Hall of Famer and I'm not. So we'll see how that ends up going. But, you know, the truth of the matter is they're going to have a completely different roster next year anyway. And so we'll see. Uh, and let's get out of here on Matt Painter, Purdue coach, Purdue nine point favorite at Ohio State, Ohio State with their interim coach painter was asked hey uh what was different about this game do you think it would have been different uh, if chris holtman hadn't been fired and here's what painter had to say it's a player's game i know we got to organize i know we got to structure i know we got to get them to believe we got to coach the hell out of them but at the end of the day it's a player's game they have good players for the season nothing if he, was, if he was here the score would have been 73 69 ohio state nothing he's his assistant they didn't run anything different. They didn't do anything different. They, they're the same team. So poor Matt Painter going through it a little bit there. I don't mind. I don't mind those comments. Obviously, compared to Patino's, but phew, coaches going through it, always going through it. So we'll figure it out. Hey, if you haven't already, hit the hit the right buttons there on the YouTube's. If you're watching, and Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it, you can always follow us there. We have NC State basketball tomorrow. Joe Ovius is back tomorrow. Canes play tonight. 
We are live on Thursday with the OG Sleek Fleet Live. We also have uh, the OG Tailgate on Saturday. So go over to our Instagrams, OG Triangle Media. Get yourself entered for that free ride to and from the arena. And then come join us on Saturday. Appreciate everyone who checked us out today. Appreciate Scott Wood and Brad Frisch. And, you know, we'll be back on Tuesday right here on the OG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.